Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, everybody, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Check out the fantasy football website at ballblastfootball.com. If you are so generous, please smash that five-star mark on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts and support the team over on patreon.com. You get a bunch of extra content. You get exclusive channels on the team's new Discord server. Um, and then you automatically are entered to win some awesome giveaways. I mean, we always give away some pretty baller jerseys. We're looking at some mini helmets right now. Kyle Pitts. We're, look, we're scouting a Kyle Pitts helmet. But not just any Kyle Pitts helmet, a sexy black <gasps> Falcons helmet. I mean, uh... it is gorgeous. But yeah, go over to patreon.com slash ballblast and you can sign up for that. Also, don't forget to leave a review on Ball Blast uh, on iTunes podcast because we read them and we love them and they're so nice. And we decided why not start giving people shout outs when they leave us a nice review. B for Steelers left us a review earlier this week and she said, love the show so much. The dynamic between Kate, Michelle and Jake is perfect and they constantly make me laugh. They have great takes on all things fantasy and of course never failed to get ballsy. Keep it up, guys. Which was very nice. I like that. Um, we did Brianna, it. Brianna. Shout out to Brianna because she has like popped out of nowhere on Twitter and she has been just like so supportive of us and our brand and super fun to interact with. So Brianna, thank you for all of your support as of recently and thanks for that five star mark because helps others find the show. We recently cracked the top 40 fantasy football shows on iTunes, guys. Like, period. Fantasy football. No, no. not just fantasy football. All fantasy sports. Fantasy sports. So not even just football. We cracked the top 40 in overall fantasy shows, period, on iTunes. Like, that almost deserves a second AO. That's how cool and amazing that is. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, AO! Like, it's super exciting, but you guys are helping make that happen. We've had so much support recently, and I feel like we're in a really good groove. So if you guys have suggestions, comments, questions, leave them in our reviews. And yeah. And we have an awesome show for you today. And it's which players have the widest range of outcomes? Because you know what? There's some players where we're like, yeah, they might disappoint us. But at worst, they're going to be like the running back 10 or running back 15. Like it's not going to change too much no matter what happens in the season. Or we know this player is going to always be around running back 24, wide receiver 24. Like it's not going to change too much. But there's some players this season and all seasons where their range of outcomes is just so different depending on what happens uh, either in training camp or the start of the season. So we're going to go through those players today that can either be like some of the guys I'm talking about can either be the running back 10 or the running back 30. Like that's how different of his range of outcomes is. And so we I'm, didn't even talk about Zach Moss in yeah, the show sheet. We, so like... I want to pat ourselves on the back because he totally fits this category. We could have taken the opportunity to talk about Zach Moss, and we didn't. I, I do feel like we've been avoiding him all offseason long. Yes. I don't I don't want to step in that. I refuse to that. put him in things yeah. just because people know. People already know. People He's, already I'm know. I'm proud of you, too. I just want to say it. I want to get it out there. I'm proud of you, too, for <laughs> being able to restrain yourselves to that point. And I'm sure... I'm sure soon enough he will make his presence back on this podcast. Oh, I'm sure. Definitely before the season starts. But one guy that does have a massive, I think, range of outcomes this year because he's 39 years old and has been struggling as of late is the topic of our talk of the town this week. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Talk of the town. You're the talk of the town. Talk of the town. 
So, guys, the talk of the town this week. Uh, I feel like it happens one week out of every off season. <laughs> really does ben roethlisberger is apparently really serious about his diet <laughs> the way you're laughing about that is i mean it's true it's just it's, it's accurate the laugh uh reportedly uh oh, ben roethlisberger has been focusing on losing weight and apparently he's super super serious about it i i just jake this report comes out once a year for me too <laughs> Where Michelle could be like, Kate is reportedly very, very serious about And then it all goes to hell. Who is not serious about their diet in the summertime? We all are. We're all self-conscious. It's nice weather. Ben lives in Pittsburgh. There's only sun three months of the year, and that's the only time you have to wear uh, not sweatshirts and sweatpants, so you feel like a fatty. So, yeah, he's probably serious about his weight loss right now. Jake, tell me what you think about this, because we're a Steelers fan. We're biased. What do you think about this report? It's, uh, it's it's silly. <laughs> it's, it is so it is so silly. Uh, but yeah, it happens. It's not obviously just Big Ben, big apparently moving to medium Ben after this report. But Mini ben. it's not just him that's gone through this. Everybody goes through this. It feels like every quarterback recently, like everybody's on a new reg regimen. And then it's TB12. You know, Tom Brady's in the best shape of his life. And then Aaron Rodgers was in the best shape of his life. And now Ben is working on being in the best shape of his life. It doesn't mean anything to me. Like, if it keeps a little bit of weight off his knees, then cool. Yeah. That's about the only thing I'm taking away from this. Well, and the, the thing I think we need to consider, so, like, maybe this doesn't really impact fantasy whatsoever. He's not a mobile quarterback. It's not like he's... He's won games on his finesse and athleticism. He wins it because of his arm and because he And makes... honestly, because he's a bigger dude and people can't tackle him. Like, people can't sack him as easily because he's like, dude, I have, like, 50 pounds on you. Shut up. Like, and he just, like, kind of, like, just flicks him away. Like, twerp. I don't know if getting skinnier is really the way for Big Ben to be more successful. I will say, yeah, I mean, a better diet is great and hopefully he can... Like, I don't want him to necessarily lose weight. Like, adding muscle and losing adding fat muscle, would yes. be fantastic. We'll see what he does. Apparently, he's super, like, strict about his diet right now, about what he but eats and working out. For fantasy football, this matters not in any way. Yeah. Like, and I would say, but I'm not worried about Ben with the wide receivers whatsoever. Like, dude has put up 34 touchdowns and 33 touchdowns just passing alone in his last two seasons he's played like he's going to support his wide receivers just fine anything he's doing to try to stay healthier than cool like i'm happier he's doing that than out in hawaii uh singing taylor swift songs and getting super okay, super leave taylor swift uh, out of this. getting super super thin uh like aaron Rodgers is like i'd much rather my guy be in the weight room and like serious about his diet like, the whole like the the thing is ben has actually been super skinny this whole time it's just uh he likes to pack on the beard well remember which when he like shaved off pounds. his beard people were like he's like 300 pounds and then he shaved off his beard they're like oh my god he lost so much weight it's like no, he shaved off his beard a beard can make you look like he had a monster grizzly beard he had a mon and he should shave off his body beard for this season then he'll look even trimmer that like do the michael phelps thing where you just like shave your body so you're completely hairless head to toe and then Ben will be as skinny as like a seal. He'll be as like a, a wet seal. Uh, yeah, this doesn't matter for fantasy football. And it does not at all. So we're moving on from this topic quickly. And since that but that was fun, since that talk of the town was kind of pointless and did not matter, I want to play a little game before we get into our main segment today. And uh, I, we're going to go back to trivia because I like trivia. And you know what I like the most? I like drinking games. That I lost? No. Oh. <laughs> like, okay. Also that. Also that. But I like drinking games. So I'm going to try to trick, or not even trick you guys, but I'm going to ask you some questions that might be a little bit difficult. I feel like uh, the NFL stats researcher, like giving us these questions is kind of an unfair advantage, but that's, that's fine. Listen, I'm <laughs> going to ask one I've already asked before in the past, just to see if you remember. Um, so if you get it wrong, you just have to drink a sip. That's all. Uh, you get two guesses. Okay. So the first guess, you drink one sip. You're wrong. Second guess, you'll drink two. If you get it right on me, then I will drink a half of a White Claw every time you get an answer right. Ooh. All right. Wow. So, that feels like a bargain. Okay. 
number one question, and I hope Kate hasn't seen it because some Michelle's computer. literally she like we for those of you who don't know, Michelle and I record in the same room uh, on I'm the same microphone. She is alone. shielding her computer. You know how. Like back in first grade, when you were taking a test, you would put up one of your folders as like a barricade where you're like, don't look at my aunt. That's literally what Michelle's okay. doing right don't now with her me. computer. Don't look at me. All right. Number one question. Who in the NFL, it was a wide receiver, by the way, I will give you that, had 75 plus targets. So that's what we're looking at here. 75 plus target wide receiver. Who had the highest average depth of target in the NFL last year? Which wide receiver? He had to be targeted. Ooh, I'm going to guess. Yeah. I'm going to guess, and I'm not going to say Khalif Raymond. I'm going <laughs> to say that it's somebody equally weird and random, and I'm going to say Nelson Aguilar. You are so close that I don't even think you need to take a sip for this. I will take three sips because oh. you were 0.1 of a yard off. The person <gasps> who was first was oh. 0.1 higher. He was Nelson Aguilar was second. That was not no, three I really steps. want to know who Michelle. was first. Okay. Sit, sit, One. sit. <laughs> All right, three. She's three, keeping three. you on the honor system. All right, you get a guess, but quick. Don't be as bad as you were last time. Um. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I am as bad as I was last time. <laughs> oh, no. Um, um, we might just need Jake to play. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Henry Ruggs. No. Apparently, I just... He did not have 75 targets, I don't it, think. This is a name name the Raider contest, right? No? <laughs> just take your two sips. You deserve two because so. that was so bad. Jake, go again. I'll guess one more just because he's always on my radar. Brandon Cooks. No, he wasn't. I don't know where he was. He was <sighs> lower. Okay. All right. I'm going to get... You said uh, the threshold is 75 targets? Yeah. <sighs> Devonte Parker, no, it was Mike Williams. So take another two sips there. It was Mike Williams, fifteen point eight, and uh, that's why I love him so much this year. Because if he can stay healthy, dude is gonna ball out because he's super talented. Cheers, Jake. But I'm impressed Cheers. by your Nelson Aguilar because uh, Mike Williams was at fifteen point eight average at the target, and Nelson Aguilar fifteen point seven. Super super close. Good job there. All right, next up. We're going to go with who had the highest completion percentage among quarterbacks with 50-plus deep attempts. So we're talking about completion percentage on deep attempts, 20-plus yards in the air. Okay. So pretty much out of any of the starting quarterbacks because they had 50-plus deep attempts. Okay, I'm going to stay on my exact same train for last one, and I'm just going to say Derek Carr. That was my guess. He was top five. He was top five. Okay, so thank you for using up that guess. Uh, I'm going to go with Tom Brady. I already told Kate this stat this week, and she was wrong still. No, no, he's not. I told you this stat. I read it out loud to you, and you're like, whoa, cool. And that's why I almost didn't ask it. And I was like, I bet you she doesn't remember, and you didn't. Drink three. Drink three for not listening oh, no. to me. Oh, no. <laughs> Jake, do you have another guess? Uh, look, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here because we were just talking about him and say that Ben Roethlisberger was surprisingly good. No, not even close. He was okay. pretty bad. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what quarterbacks we've talked about. So this is the issue. I will say mm. being in a marriage where we are both working full-time in sports, like – it dominates all of our conversations. All of our conversations are about sports. So narrowing this down to one particular stat that she has told me, our whole day is like, hey, babe, <laughs> did you know X, Y, Z? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, shocker. And then I'm like, hey, babe, did you ever hear about blank? And she's like, oh, wow, that's okay, fascinating. Stop. Like, that's literally Hi, our marriage. You're stalling. Yeah, you're, Kate, you're, you're so stalling, stalling right so now. <laughs> Um, I'm... If you don't guess who, I'm going to take another guess. No, 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 no. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. No. All right. Yeah, that's your last... You, you did your two guesses. Jake, you can have one more. That's Drake. rude. Last one, I'm just going to guess Ryan Tannehill. No, it was Baker Mayfield. 50%. <sighs> he had a higher completion percentage on what? deep passes than Deshaun Watson, who was second. Who but a what? Yeah. Russell weird. Wilson, Aaron Rodgers were all high. Um, yeah. He had the he was You weird me out right Baker now. Baker Mayfield was <laughs> the best at those that long ball. And then I'm going to ask one more before we get into our main segment today. And this was a question I already asked on a podcast in our last 
in our last trivia pod. All right. Oh no. It was our last okay. trivia. You're pod. obsessed with checking to see. I, I want to see if you remember <laughs> which wide receiver last year had the longest reception. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember my answer, which was wrong. Yeah. Which I already said, which was Khalif Raymond. <laughs> and then I remember it was somebody also so crazy obscure that didn't seem right. Um, and I want to say it was a Denver Bronco, but I'm not positive. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Which, which, which Tim, Tim Patrick. No, I don't no. know. Okay. Drink. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Can I go back to Nelson Aguilar? Sure. But you got a drink. <laughs> he actually had the second longest. You guys are really good at this Nelson Aguilar thing. Okay. No. Okay. Wait a minute. So let me get this straight. So Jake gets second place. <laughs> And you volunteer to drink half a it white was, claw. No, I didn't drink half. I drank three sips. Okay, and it then was drink, point went away. I will I'll drink three sips. It was the second longest. Thank you very much. Oh. Do you know who had the third longest was Chase Claypool? Good for him. <laughs> All right, I want to get into oh. our main segment today, okay. and we already asked this question, so I'm going to say it. Jake, you were very, very close. You were right. It was a Bronco. But it was Jer- Jerry, Jerry Judy. Judy at 92 Ugh. yards. He had a 92-yard reception. Do you know that three of the last four years, the longest reception in the NFL came from a rookie? Oh, kind of, kind of weird. And the only reason it didn't... The more you in know. In the one year it didn't was 2018. It's because uh, Juju put up a 97-yard reception in both 2017 and 2018, which is kind of crazy that he had a 97-yard reception in two years in a row. Uh, anyways... Let's get into our main segment today because Juju could totally be one of our people we talked about, but we're not going to talk about him. Everybody he just has a cheers. super range of outcomes. Uh, we need to cheers because because uh, <laughs> we all did terrible. We all did so really badly. when you think about so, it. So Michelle, I think you should drink okay. with us because I you didn't have to, to help you today. Did you? Uh, I gave you the same question I gave you four, <laughs> and then I gave you a question I already <laughs> told you the exact stat of this week. So That's yes, true. I try to help. So, cheers. All right, cheers. Everybody, I hope you are cheersing with us, please. Anyway. All right. Well, before we get into our main segment today, talking about the players with the biggest range of outcomes, we, of course, need to talk about the best drafting system in the world. FanDraft makes your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as streaming ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs, my favorite, multiple draft board displays, and more. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts by exporting the display via projector or onto a large screen TV for the league to enjoy or remotely. Support traditional drafts, drafts, auction, IDP, rookies, keepers, and whatever customization you want. And guess what, guys? You can sign up for a free trial. So, like, go try out FanDraft. It is awesome. The boo feature is the best feature. You can boo the live picks that your teammates make. And, like, let's be clear. We're all booing every every pick. Like, I will, I will disagree here, though. The best feature is definitely the walk-up song. I won't always be my baby. Uh, just, like, screaming out loud <laughs> while I make my pick for Zach Moss in the ninth round. He will always be my damn baby. And you can pick a song for every single pick you're choosing, and that's amazing. And when you're looking at the draft board, it looks exactly like your sticker draft board. It looks beautiful, but instead of dealing with all the hassle of keeping them in order, because you know your dudes never keep them in order, because guys can't keep things in order, instead of that, you have everything very organized. It's the alphabet. We've been working on the alphabet for years, guys. You have everything very organized. Right on your laptop, but you can still have fun with everyone in your group. Again, you get a free trial, so just go try it out over at fandraft.com. If you decide to make the purchase, make sure to use your promo code BALLBLAST15. That gets you 15% off your purchase. Again, BALLBLAST15 over at fandraft.com. That gets you 15% off your purchase. All right, let's get into the main topic here because that's always the most fun, a fun part of episodes, even though. I personally like playing the drinking games, but I understand we have to get into the more in-depth analysis here. The nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty. So we're going to talk about some players with the biggest (laughs) range of outcomes and where we think they're going to land in these range of outcomes. Because guess what? You're going to be drafting in late August and September, early September, and we're not really going to have the answers yet for the most part. So you have to figure out for yourself 
what way are these players are going to end? Are they going to be at their ceiling or their floor? And you kind of have to decide before you drop them. So, Kate, I'm going to pass it off to you. Who is your first player that has the biggest range of outcomes? I'm going to roll with Ronald Jones, who is the guy that I've warmed up to. I didn't know he was allowed to be named on our podcast. He, it's been controversial. <laughs> Things have been rocky in our relationship between Ball Blast Football and Ronald Jones. Um, Michelle, do you have any Twitter incidents with Ronald Jones that I should know about? I don't know. He came at me even though he's been nothing. Oh, he did. He retweeted Michelle at some, oh, he got, he did get you burned. Yeah, he did. <gasps> and then he actually did kind of ball out this year. So I got him. I got him. It's fine. No, <laughs> In he your really, face. I really, I need to go back and find this tweet now. But yes, he, listen, he did burn he, Michelle. He, he, he on the ground. He on the ground. I uh, killed it. He looked so impressive on the ground. It's just he has literal butter hands. You, there's no other way to explain it. It's like he's trying to catch a ball. Vegetable with, with, oil hands. With bricks on his hands. I don't I feel like I can go out there and catch more balls than he does. I don't know what's wrong with him. Like you're a football player. Catch a damn ball. How hard is it? How hard is it? You're oh getting my. a pass from three oh feet my. away. Like three feet. You are a passionate mama jama. Um, but... I do, like, I want to give him some credit. He was 2020's RB16 and half PPR formats. That's fantastic, because I was not projecting him uh, anywhere near RB16. So, I like, I was wrong there, and I'm willing to call my shot. I was wrong. He was definitely the best pure runner in that offense. I mean, watching Leonard Fournette and him, like, alternate snaps was literally painful, because... Leonard Fournette was a disaster. It just felt like he was walking into a brick wall every single time. At least Ronald Jones showed some burst. And yes, we have not been the biggest Ronald Jones truthers on this podcast, but I do think he has a relatively high ceiling. He's on one of the best offenses in the NFL. Third most trips to the red zone in the NFL in the 2020 season. Ranked 12th in fantasy points per snap last season among uh, players with at least 25% of offensive snaps did rank 36th in fantasy points per touch. So wasn't the most efficient with his touches, but I think some of that has to do with the fact that Tampa Bay ranks 30th in red zone rushing yards. They rank 16th in red zone rushing touchdowns. They, I mean, they are a pass first offense with Tom Brady and the issue came, we saw Leonard Fournette take over, but even before he took over, so we we really saw Ronald Jones in his prime weeks 1 through 10, where he was sort of like the, the real starter. He only had two RB1 performances. In that kind of offense, I do think your upside is going to be quite high, but he finished 50%, so 5 out of 10 games in those first 10 weeks as an RB3 or worse. That's... That's not good. I. You know who else did that it, over the last two seasons? Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's at 50% RB3 games. You guys thought we were mean over to Over the last Ronald two Jones. years. And like, <laughs> if you're drafting Joe Mixon in the second round to be basically Ronald Jones, just go get Ronald Jones because one out of every, every two games, you're going to be disappointed. And you're going to be disappointed no matter who it is. But at least Ronald Jones doesn't cost a second rounder. It. I mean – And it's true. And I do think he has high upside in a good offense, average 14 PPR points per game. That's not bad. We saw Leonard Fournette take over at the end of the season, but you have the caveat there that Ronald Jones was on the COVID list. He missed two games. So it's sort of, I mean, we've seen players uh, need some time to adapt after coming back from COVID. Michelle, you and I came back from COVID and podcasting was a challenge. Like, yeah. I can't imagine being on an NFL field and like having to make decisions on words while speaking on a podcast, very challenging. Having to make decisions on like which hole to hit, yikes. I can't imagine. No, and I, I'll be the first one to say, like I was wrong on Ronald Jones in a way last year because he was super impressive on the ground, but he still wasn't someone you really wanted to have in fantasy whatsoever. And it mostly had to come down to a situation like Bruce Arians is just never going to be a consistent guy to trust with his running backs. That's just what it comes down to. So, and honestly, 
him as a receiver is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my life. That's what it, I mean, that caps his upside completely. That is the He would fall issue. to his knees to catch a ball because he was so scared to drop it. And it's like at that point, just don't pass it to me. If you have to fall to your knees, like, come on. But so what, so Kate put out a good point. Like I do think Ronald Jones is, is fair at his value right now. He's a good rusher. But in the places we kind of need in today's NFL with fantasy, not the best kind of situation. But where do you think his – do you think his range of outcomes, right, is probably like RB30 to RB12 possibly would be his top. Where do you see that happening, Jay? Close to RB12 or close to RB30? I think 12 is very, very high for me to project, not exclusively because it's Ronald Jones. And like you said with Bruce Arians, one fumble gets you benched for like six games. Uh, But even without that, there's just so many good guys at that top tier that I wouldn't put him close to that. I would say that he's more comfortably in the RB 20 to 24 range would be a more realistic expectation. Ronald Jones ranked 26th in running back targets, ranked top five in drops. And that is stuff that, like, this offense doesn't tolerate. Tom Brady doesn't have time for drops. Because guess what? He's got a bunch of really worthy receivers on the other end. Who I do think that's a big reason why they went to go get Gio Bernard this offseason. Like, they already had Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. They have two good running backs on the ground. They didn't need to go pay for another running back. But Tom Brady needs that pass catcher. And you could see his frustration when he would pass to Ronald Jones. Even Leonard Fournette let him down a lot. Like, he needs that pass catcher. So I do think Gio Bernard is going to be out there and pass catching downs. So, like, one last question on Ronald Jones before we get to our next guy. I already brought up the high-end RB12. Like, we all agree he's probably not going to get to that. But let's say we have to to bet on right now that Ronald Jones is going to be the RB20 or the RB30. Which one would you go with? RB30, for sure. I'd feel more comfortable with RB30, I think. And it's, so again, you're not you're not drafting him then, right? Because I'm sure his ADP says, okay, well, that's fine because he's going around. I don't know where he's going, but I'm sure he's not going that much higher than RB30. But at the same time, when you're drafting a guy RB30, your goal isn't that he's RB30. Your goal is that he has an opportunity to be better than that. And if we're saying we wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends there, that's kind of what we're expecting, then maybe we should just stay away. Ronald Jones He's going is to RB31. RB31. He's being But guys there, but- going around him are Chase Edmonds, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Damian Harris, who you're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, David Johnson, James Conner, all guys who I think have an opportunity to be a lot better than that. They could be a lot worse, but a lot better. And I, I do think at that point in my draft, in the ninth round, eighth round, I'm going for upside because I'm just going to be able to drop that person anyways if they disappoint. And I don't want to hold on to the RB30 all year long. Like, that's pointless. Consider the fact that Kareem Hunt, who we know can be an RB1, Kareem Hunt's going at the 24th RB. All right? So you have not too far behind him, Ronald Jones. I'd rather take a round or two and pop up and grab a Kareem Hunt. And what if playoff Lenny, playoff Lenny Mm. turns into regular season Lenny, then watch out because that's bad news. (laughs) All right. It's not as cool of a nickname, but it would be better for regular Lenny. That was way too long in Ronald Jones. Uh, Let's move on to your guy, Jake. (laughs) Who do you have as a player that has a large range of outcome? For me, it's somebody that I am purposely trying to go after and target in dynasty trades on a short-term basis. Um, But in general for this year, it's because if I'm a contender, I want this guy. It's Cam Newton. You might be familiar with him from last year where he he threw nearly nothing in the Patriots' offense. It was a very strange outing for Cam last year, obviously disappointing outing for Cam last year, even though he ended up finishing QB 17 on a points-per-game basis, which is fine. It's actually better than I really thought. Um, when you look at the numbers, it was it was bad. He The only reason he finished that high is because he got a lot of rushes and a lot of rushing touchdowns. He outpaced himself in rushing touchdowns. He had, he had an abundance more than he did passing touchdowns, which isn't what you necessarily want out of your quarterback. Um, so some interesting numbers, though, from Cam last year. He was the worst he's ever been in terms of uh, pass attempts. 
the worst he's ever been in completions, uh, the worst he's been in touchdown percentage. Uh, he, he was bad. I can't overstate how bad he was from that perspective. But crazily enough, he had the second highest completion percentage of his career last year. That to me speaks more to what he had to work with there, what he was dealing with in the Patriots offense, which was not much. His top three targets last year were Jacoby Myers, uh, Demir Bird, and James White, uh, who didn't even play the entire season. It was bad. He was so, the fifth person on that list is Julian Edelman, and Julian Edelman played like five games. Um, and and that's truly speaks to what the lack of talent was around him. And obviously the first year in the offense and the COVID that he had to also come back with, we're talking about that, that's rough, especially on a quarterback. It's a lot of things that went against him. Now, the, the only question is, how much of that do you expect to be made up this year? And how much of that is just excuses and how much of it is practical? I think... The talent perspective is definitely going to be remedied here. They brought in two, the two free agent tight ends in Hunter Henry and John New Smith. Um, those were the big names. They also threw a bunch of cash at Nelson Aguilar, who we talked about earlier for some reason, Ow! and uh, Kendrick Bourne. So while they are not the most exciting wide receiving names, I think you could easily argue they ascend that depth chart pretty easily from what they had last year. So he has the weapons now. Question is, can he get his throws back in rhythm? He, does he have an actual slot guy, which is what he needs in that offense to really step up and feast this year? And then how much does he actually trust himself this year? And how much does Belichick trust him? Because yes, there's a rookie knocking at the door in Mac Jones. But even without Mac Jones, the range of outcomes for Cam is, you know, basically quarterback 20, let's say. Let's say he starts all games. He could still easily fall to quarterback 20. Or he could do what he has done consistently over his career, which is finish with five seasons in the top four of quarterbacks. And with his rushing upside, there's always a slight chance that that can still happen if he plays the majority of the season. I'm not banking on it, but his ADP at least is baked into, like his ADP is QB 29. Folks are expecting with that ADP that he starts like two games. That's what that says to me. So if you can project him for further out than two games, you can take advantage of what that big range would be and get somebody at the very, very end of your draft that could finish as a top 10 guy. Well, and I've talked about this before. The way they they laced his contract, it was with incentives. So they're not banking on him to be the starter, but I do think they really like him. I would say like overall, when you're looking back at his relationship with the team, we've heard really positive things about his relationship with uh, just his overall offense. We've heard really good things about his leadership. And I think those are all qualities that like Bill Belichick does, uh, you know, he appreciates. And now you give him two really capable receiving tight ends. I think that, you know, you can say whatever you want about the receiving core. Nelson Aguilar is still an upgrade on whatever he had last season. Unfortunately, like it's bad enough to say, but even Hunter Henry, I think, is an upgrade on the receiving core. Jonu Smith is an upgrade on any of the wide receivers. I do think they made plays to put him in a better situation. And we know he's a quarterback that's like to utilize the tight end. So why not get, you know, two really athletic and, and savvy pass catchers who can play both of those roles and, and play the inline blocker and do those versatile things, do all of that. And I think you could have a really nice recipe, especially for a rushing dynamo like Cam Newton. Yeah. Great word. Dynamo. dynamo. That's that's what I want to call him from now on. Cam Dynamo Newton. <laughs> I think, Kay, I think Kay and I are both TM. bigger fans of Mac Jones as an actual real NFL quarterback uh, than most. Like, no, we're not pumped about him in fantasy. Like, he's not a rusher, and he's going to be a rookie. So, no, I'm not, like, pumped about him in fantasy. But I do actually think he will be a pretty solid fan or NFL quarterback. That's my biggest concern with Cam Newton, but I still think he wins the job and he starts, and you're totally right. Like, he can be really good, he can be really bad. But, again, like, I think that we have to decide on a verdict in this in this episode where would you put Cam Newton? Would you see him more top 10? quarterback or quarterback 20 like if you had a bat in it top 10 or quarterback 20 
Oh, if I had to bet, sadly, it would be quarterback 20. And that's mostly to do with Mac Jones being there to cut off his his, his games. Okay, what about you, Kate? I'm going top 10. Ooh. Ooh. We've actually, we've had it. a get ballsy segment where I said that Cam Newton is the guy you need to buy in your dynasty leagues that was ahead of the NFL draft, so you didn't have the Mac Jones component there, but... Cam Newton, I do think, is Cam Newton. I've been one of Cam Newton's biggest critics, but he's good for fantasy football. Like, period. The rushing ability alone makes him good for fantasy football. He's come out. Like, it's not like we can't figure out a reason why he wasn't fantastic. No, we have plenty of reasons. We have uh, the, the poor pass catchers. Like, we have that. And that's a pretty big and significant reason. We also have Cam Newton himself coming out to say, you know, the playbook was super overwhelming and I missed time with COVID and that time away from the team screwed me. Like he's literally come out to say that 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 impacted his play and his ability to move forward with that offense. And I mean, your first season with a new team and you had to deal with the COVID off season and all that. I, I totally get that. I think that Cam Newton is a more intelligent quarterback than we give him credit for. Better weapons this year. I like him. All right. My next guy. Wait, no, you didn't you didn't say. Closer to oh. 30 or 20. Well, I said 20 or 10, and I'm going with closer to 20. For sure. I I you, you I, suckers are gonna I be like, so sorry. I like Mac Jones too much. <laughs> I do. I, I love Mac Jones. I, really I, I think he's a really good quarterback and he should he deserves to play. Sam. All right, my guy, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, who played with Mac Jones there for a while. Uh, great little transition there, Michelle. Uh, pat on the back. His biggest issue right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Judy's biggest issue right now, and I think that's the only reason that makes sense for his ADP. Because right now he's going as the wide receiver 35. In his rookie season, when he only scored three touchdowns, he was a wide receiver 33. So going two spots behind that makes no sense at all since he was a first-round wide receiver. He performed just fine as a rookie. Uh, he just wasn't scoring those touchdowns, and he was with the worst quarterback like besides Sam Darnold ever. I have to throw Sam Darnold under the bus there. I will say, I understand. Like Any if, opportunity you get, you throw that yeah, man under the bus. I am going to be... Stamp that off on your bingo card, <laughs> listeners. Your ball blast bingo card. We now have slander against Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones and Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. And Sam Darnold. I actually, I think that and would Sam be Darnold. a really fun. Like, let's do. Oh my god, idea. Let's do a ball blast bingo card, and like the first person to submit their bingo card to us via DM gets like a ball blast T-shirt. That'd be so amazing. I actually, idea. I'm gonna come it. up with that, and we're gonna start it next week. So done. just done. Well, they really missed an opportunity with this episode because I, really I hit on them all. <laughs> but no, I, I totally understand the worries of Jerry Judy because I personally really love the talent. But I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on training camp and the, you know, the Broncos quarterback battle. Is it Drew Locke that wins or is it Teddy Bridgewater? And I could totally see it be Drew Locke in the beginning because it's going to be very hard to say Drew Locke you're not our guy, start Teddy Bridgewater, and then if he's not doing well, then go back to Drew Locke. Like, that's hard. It's probably going to start with Drew Locke and then go to Teddy Bridgewater once Drew Locke is garbage, like always, um, after the first couple games. The issue is I think Jerry Judy will be a much, much better fantasy wide receiver once he has a better quarterback. And a better quarterback can just equal Teddy Bridgewater because he's way more accurate. He will get Jerry Judy the ball, and Jerry Judy does his best work when he gets the ball accurately, and he can do his thing and, like, give it to him in space, and he's going to do his work after the catch. Julak was trying to – I don't know even what he was trying to do. He's just – really really bad I don't know really what else to say about him but Judy saw 110 targets last year only 68 of those 110 targets were catchable that means 42 of his targets were uncatchable that's an insanely stupid high rate and I just want to compare it to other guys just so you know how insanely stupid high rate that is Cooper Cup Widgard Goff, who everyone wants to hate on and no one wants to give him any credit going to Detroit like he was the worst quarterback people say last year Cooper Cup had 118 targets last year. 101 of them were catchable. So that means 17 were uncatchable compared to Judy's 42. 
and they had nearly the same amount of targets. T. Higgins, another rookie, 105 targets, 79 recatchable, so 26 were uncatchable, which is still pretty high because he's playing with guys like Brandon Allen all year because Joe Burrow got hurt. And guess what? That's still nearly 20 less, 20 fewer uncatchable passes than Jerry Judy saw. I with love that Drew you pivoted to fewer. Yeah, I know. I said it wrong. I fixed it. CeeDee Lamb had 109 <laughs> targets, 84 were catchable. That means only 21 were uncatchable, and he only played with Dak Prescott for five games. He was playing with guys like Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert, and 21. <laughs> what a goofy name. Yeah, Garrett Gilbert's a goofy name. 21 <laughs> were uncatchable. That's still that's half of the uncatchable balls Jerry Judy saw last year. And Drew Locke was a second-round quarterback. He was supposed to be a first-round quarterback. He's supposed to be better than Garrett Gilbert and Ben DiNucci and Brandon Allen. And it's just ridiculous how bad he really is. Like, you got to move on from him. Teddy Bridgewater last year completed 69% of his passing attempts. That was fifth in the NFL. Guess what? Drew Locke completed 57.3% of his attempts. That was 35th in the NFL out of 35, 35th out of 35 qualified quarterbacks last year. (laughs) Like I I do think when Jerry Judy gets a good quarterback, it doesn't even have to be good. Just a not horrendous quarterback. He will be perfectly fine for fantasy. And yeah, he only had three touchdowns last year, but he did put up over 800 receiving yards. And that's perfectly fine for a rookie wide receiver. That's very, very good. Uh, when I talk about wide receivers that accounted for 22% of their team's receiving yards in the rookie season since 2015, these are the guys. 22% of their team's receiving yards in the rookie season. It's Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, D.K. Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, and then in 2020 it was Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, and Jerry Judy. Yes, Jerry Judy. Cooper Cup! Cooper Cup! <laughs> Cooper Cup! <laughs> So Jerry Judy accounted. Sorry, any Jerry chance? Judy, Jerry Judy accounted for 22% of his team's receiving yards, and he had 42 uncatchable balls. Like this dude was a baller at Alabama. Don't give up on him just because he was playing with a terrible, terrible, terrible quarterback. And let's hope the Broncos can figure that out this training camp. I also want to say, so looking at like team production and fantasy point production by position. Fantasy points scored by the wide receiver position. The Carolina Panthers ranked ninth in the NFL for most fantasy points scored by the wide receiver position in 2020. Teddy Bridgewater was excellent for fantasy football production. Like, he crushed it. Crushed it. Crushed it. Yeah, all three of those receivers there finished right next to each other in the top 30. That's pretty impressive. And they're all bargains because you're not – I feel like when there is this sort of target dilution and this this perception that... Do you want to hear how inaccurate Drew Locke was? I do. Drew Locke was through uncatchable inaccurate balls. Not just inaccurate. Uncatchable inaccurate balls on 25.8% of his pass attempts. Mitchell Trubisky was right behind him at 22.7. So Mitchell Trubisky was 3% better than Drew Locke. 3% better. Oh, yeah. no. Three, oh, that's no. how bad Drew Locke was. Like, uh, no one was over 22%. It was Mitch, it, like Mitch Trubisky was right there, and then Drew Locke had 3% worse. 25.8. Insanely, insanely bad. Drew Locke needs to go. Like, he's worse than Sam Darnold, and I say that about nobody. I really like his personality, <laughs> Add him to the bingo though. Card. Yeah, he's a great personality. That's fine. <laughs> Which anytime that's the I also argument. think you have a great personality. I also don't think you'd be a very good NFL quarterback. That's rude. Rude. Super All right. rude. We're going to have to go a little <laughs> bit faster on the second round here because we're going a little long. So let's run through our next guys. We're going to each say one more guy with the biggest range of outcomes. Kate, you go first. All right. I'm going with the Patriots. Surefire number one starting running back in the Patriots backfield, Damian Harris. Started 10 games in the 2020 NFL season, 137 carries, 691 yards. Yes, that is a hefty five yards per carry, tied with some elite talent, tied with the likes of Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, all fantastic fantasy assets. You have a very good run blocking unit. The Patriots ranked fifth in the... 
run blocking grade overall in the 2020 season out of the 20 running backs who had more than one 100 plus rushing yard game Harris was the only one that did that with fewer than 11 games did it with 10. I will give some credit to Jeff Wilson who did it with 11 but this is a Damian Harris segment so you you have a lot of you have a lot of these pluses right like you have the the vote of confidence in the team but I have to acknowledge the downside so like you have all of this upside because he is the surefire guy but the downside is that he was on a 16 game pace in his 10 games as a starter for 11 targets how hard is it to accomplish that like it's really hard to play 16 games and emerge with 11 targets unless you're like cj ham who i have to envision like probably had 11 (laughs) targets last season his usage in the passing game is completely startling it's really alarming and i do think the fact that uh, you're you're looking at this guy and you've never seen him have that role as a pass catcher. You've never seen him have that role in college. Then he enters a, a system who is willing to throw to the running back. Just they're not throwing to Damian Harris. And I find that that a bit concerning for his fantasy ceiling. But like as far as a pure rusher, he reminds me of Ronald Jones. Like I think as a pure rusher, he has a ton of upside, but when you're talking about fantasy football, the ceiling is so much lower because of that lack of receiving ability. Since 2017, only 11 running backs have scored more than 150 fantasy points in half PPR formats with fewer than 30 targets. 11. And that's over four seasons. So, like, you have to bank. And, like, these guys are, like, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, like, super efficient runners. You have to basically project and hope that Damian Harris is going to be Nick Chubb. And can you really do that if Heck no, no, you really can't um, credit to Michael Florio. You can follow him at Michael F Florio F L O R I O with NFL network Patriots carries inside the fifth yard line. All right. Fifth? Inside the fifth yard line. It won. First, uh, yes. First, first, first yard line, second yard line. Leave me alone. Well, you know. Um, Is that the five yard I'm line? I'm not doing Michael Florio justice here. Shh. Shh. All right. Inside the five yard inside line. Inside the five yard line. Cam Newton had 19 carries, nine touchdowns. All running backs in the Patriots offense had seven carries, four touchdowns. Damian Harris specifically had three carries, zero touchdowns. You're going to give this dude three opportunities inside the five. Like, it, he mentioned in his tweet, even, quote unquote, even if Cam loses his job, I'm not convinced he doesn't come in to vulture touchdowns. That's what scared me. A la Jacoby Brissett, which he completely did. Jacoby Brissett was obviously the more athletic quarterback last season compared to Philip Rivers, the statue. But... Like, I genuinely believe if you're not going to use Cam as a starter, putting him in at the goal line does give you an advantage over having Mac Jones on the goal line. There could be trouble. Yes. Damian Harris. Let's first go over Damian Harris. Where does he end? And I'm going to get a little crazy here because I think his ceiling is probably RB, what, 18? So let's go. Would you bet on him being RB 18 or RB 35? RB18 and RB35. You have to bet on one. I'm going to take the the under only because I believe Cam Newton is going to start the majority, and that's my concern for him. If it was Mac Jones, I would take that 18, yeah. though. What about you? RB35 or RB18? I think I'm going to go with RB35. I really, in like, this is hard for me. Because what if Mac Jones starts 14-plus games? Michelle, the issue with Damian Harris is he literally needs to be Derrick Henry. Like, for him to be... But not to be RB18. Not to be RB18, but for him to be a reliable fantasy asset, he essentially needs to be as efficient as Derrick Henry with his touches. And then Jerry Judy, real quick. Uh, Wide receiver 15 or wide receiver 30? You got to bet on one. 15. 
15 for me. 30. I don't want either him or Sutton this year. I'm staying away. I'm going to I'm going to go with 15 pretty hard. Jerry Judy is one of my favorite values right now in drafts. All right, quickly, because we are running out of time. My second player is Chase Edmonds. And it's pretty simple. Does Who leads in that backfield and touches? Is it James Conner, who they brought in? They did not pay very much. It was like $1.75 million. Or is it Chase Edmonds, who's been on that team for quite a while now? I do think whoever gets that opportunity is in a prime spot. And either one could have the opportunity to be a top 15 running back if they get the majority of the carries. It's just which one does it. And Edmonds, I, I actually do think, has a higher ceiling than Conner if he wins the job due to having the receiving upside in that offense. He already has that role. Edmonds had 67 receptions last year, or sorry, sorry, 67 targets, 53 receptions, which was the third most receptions on the team. He had four receiving touchdowns, but his biggest issue was he only had one rushing touchdown last year. And even with that, he was still the RB25. And he's being drafted way after the RB25. And I get it. If you think, like, his ceiling is RB25 to RB30, like, yeah, don't really waste it on him. But his ceiling should be much higher than that because all he has to do is beat out James Conner. Now, I'm a James Conner girl. I love him. And personally, I think he's just as talented or if not more talented than Kenyon Drake. And I do believe he's more talented than Chase Edmonds overall. But Chase Edmonds has been on the team. They know him. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray feels a connection with him. He targets him. Like, it could totally happen. And the latest reports have come out that Chase Edmonds is that dude. Like, he has a clear path to winning the job. And that makes sense. And Edmonds last year, he had five games over 15 points. Two of those were over 20 fantasy points. Another three games over 10 points. So he's already been a viable fantasy option. No, he, he busts in your lineup sometimes but he's already been a, been a viable candidate for those bye weeks already so I'm fine to draft him in the 10th round to see if hey if this dude becomes the lead back he can be like I do think he could be a top 15 running back pretty easily if he gets the workload I think the biggest thing is does he get that goal line work and James Conner's pretty good around the goal line so I think that's iffy uh, but we'll see there. But I think he has a massive range of outcomes. If we have to guess right now, Chase Edmonds, if we had to guess right now, is Chase Edmonds the RB15 or the RB25? That's only a difference of 10 spots. But which one would you go with? Sadly, I will put him down to RB25 because I feel like I'm banking on a James Conner injury to get him up to 15. And that's the only reason. Oh, I'm 100% in on RB15. If you guys don't, Remember, our th- I I had the pettiness to look back. Uh, if you guys don't remember, <laughs> in our third episode together as a unit with Michelle, Jake, and I, I touted Chase Edmonds as a top 15 running back in the 2021 season, and I still completely believe it. He was the running back 25 in PPR formats as the backup. Literally as the backup. They clearly prefer him in passing down situations. I do think he has the edge over James Conner. Saw 10 red zone targets, the most by all running backs in that span in 2020 was 14. He's utilized very well for fantasy production. I just think there's no way, no way he finishes below 15. Before we get into our last player today from Jake, it's an awesome one. We want to remind you to check out the Underdog Fantasy app it is amazing uh it's our favorite app for best ball just draft no setting lineups use promo code ball blast for 25 dollars free credit and one month free access to our premium content on patreon again that's the underdog fantasy app use promo code ball blast you get 25 dollars free credit best ball is the best way to mock draft in the offseason go check it out jake you got to give us your last player here. And I see it here right now. And I'm interested to hear. I, I, I understand a little bit how they have a high ceiling, low floor. But I want to hear more about how, how you think they have a high ceiling. Get me there. Walk get, me there. Yeah, get me there. I'm a I'm a bring it on home here. So last, in, in one of our recent episodes, Hate to Blast Your Bubble, I talked about the fact that there is not going to be a James Robinson rookie in this class but there's also not james robinson 
is not going to be James Robinson this year because he finished outlandishly high for what his expectation was. RB6 on a points per game basis. Of course, I've talked about how he got 86% of the backfield carries. That's not going to happen this time. Here's what it comes down to. Very simply is we don't expect him to maintain the percentage of that backfield that he got from last year. But my wonder is, is the offense going to take enough of a step forward to account for some of that? So they were 32nd in rushing attempts last year. And obviously that happens with a bad, bad team, which the Jaguars were. They had scored just 7.4 points in each half last year. Second worst mark in the NFL. They were down constantly. You're not going to be running the ball that much when you're down by that many points. So Travis Etienne comes in. He's going to be taking over the majority of the targets from the backfield. James Robinson had 60 last year. Let's knock him down to the second on the team from last year, which was Dari Agumbawali with just 20 targets. That was smooth. Let's say James Robinson gets 20 targets there. Fine. Fine. Okay. He can have that. But he has been called the hammer of the backfield here by uh, by the coaching staff. Now, what does that mean? Because Carlos Hyde is there, and he's probably going to leech a few more carries than fantasy managers would like as well. But let's say that James Robinson can just maintain the vast majority of first and second down carries and those goal line touches. If the offense improves and he's able to increase his touchdown total, there is a world where James Robinson could still be a very solid fantasy running back, but he's not going, I'm not saying he's going to get back up to running back six on a points per game basis, but hypothetically, if the touchdowns come, he could still be around, let's say the Ronald Jones vicinity, you know, that same range could easily apply to James Robinson this year. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. Like the the latest news about Urban Meyer wanting Carlos Hyde to be so involved. Urban Meyer, like what is going on, dude? Are you okay? He said he wants he wants <laughs> Carlos Hyde and James Robinson to split the first and second down work and then ETN <laughs> ETN to be third down work. It's like if you took away even half of James Robinson's uh targets last year, he would have been pretty bad. He had 94% of the snaps. It's just like you take those away. He's going to be pretty bad. He wasn't a big touchdown scorer. I, I I just have zero desire for him. I actually think James Robinson's a very talented running back. I just don't think he's going to get the work he needs. Um, like a range of outcomes. He does have the biggest range of outcomes because imagine if Carlos Hyde and ETN were to go down or just one of them, like insanely different. All right, let's go with RB, because I think none of us really expect him to be over RB18. So let's go with RB18 again or RB35. I did that with what, Ronald Jones? So let's do that again. RB18 or RB35? Which one we think for... Crazily enough, I'm leaning towards RB18 right now. Okay, that's fair. I'm shocked at that. Um, Shocked. Simply shocked. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually leaning more towards RB35. Looking at... James Robinson and what he did last season, there was only one running back one in half PPR formats, or sorry, PPR formats that saw fewer than 10 carries inside the five. And it was James Robinson with six. He converted five of those to touchdowns, which is a great, fantastic conversion rate. You have to not only hope he gets more end zone carries with more competition, you also have to hope he stays overly efficient. I'm not buying that. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting him at RB35 as well. I'm sorry, Jake. I, if I had to bet on two, I'm sure he'll end up fine. somewhere. In be- I'm going to text James about it later tonight, and, and we're both going to be mad at you guys. But I'll, You don't call I'll him Jimmy? We're not, uh, we're not that close yet. <laughs> Eventually, maybe after this episode. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't see the ceiling for him with, I think my biggest issue right now is Carlos Hyde. Like, I'm just worried about that. And then also Etienne was a fantastic touchdown scorer uh, in college at Clemson. Carlos Hyde can get in the end zone as well. Already James Robinson only had seven touchdowns last year. Like, I'm going to stay away. He needs all the workload to be great. Um, But I really like that episode. I think it, 
I, I do think it shows the ceiling for a lot of these players, but it also shows like maybe there is a reason they're going later in ADP. We're a little bit worried. Um, and I bet one of these guys is going to turn out to be a massive value. Oh, yeah. Jerry Judy, for sure. I, I did not get to get my let's get ballsy take of the week in, but I will save it for next week. It's a good one, so you're going to want to tune in. Jake and Kate absolutely hate me for it, uh, but I'm not going to give anything away. It's We've a, been fighting. Yeah, it's a spicy one, but we don't have time for it, so I'm going to save it for next week. As always, thank you for tuning into the show. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me at BallBlastM, BallBlastEM. I am Kate. You can follow me at FFBallBlast. I'm Jake. You can follow me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, tune in next Thursday. Again, you can hear my ballsy take of the week. But we're going to come with something spicy for you. Training camp starts up in 13 days. Insane that the season about to start up. Enjoy your week, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Leave those five-star reviews. And check out BallBlastFootball.com for more league-winning advice.